Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. If you're listening on Podbean, same thing. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, and we have Instagram. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy on the search engine. You'll find it. Follow along the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. Follow along the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Football and Instagram. All you got to do is type at Pigskin Frenzy, follow the page there. You'll get trivia questions, episode updates. There's a bio about me on there and everything up to date with all things Pigskin Frenzy. College day today. Uh, and today, it, you know, it's the start of talking season. Last week, actually, technically last week was the start of talking season, but you get the gist of it. Talking season is upon us in college football. We're about a month and a half out, a month out, I would say, a month out from the college football season. And it's media days. I mean, everybody going to Nashville, going to Dallas, and going all over, you know, the continent Charlotte will be next week with the ACC. The Big Ten in Indianapolis will be next week as well. And, you know, a lot of coaches are speaking on their team and speaking on, you know, what they're looking forward to from their team in the upcoming season. That's what Media Days is all about. And we're going to break it down. I got some recaps from the Big 12 and some of the SEC media days today. We're going to talk about that today. It's probably going to be a fairly short episode because we're going to take up our time recapping some highlights from a lot of these teams and coaches that taught in for in media days. So, you know, don't, you know, don't leave yet. Don't unplug yet. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on each episode. Comment down below on YouTube. Follow, share around with others on Podbean and Spotify. And follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for all things Pigskin Frenzy. So, kicking it off. Going with our recap with media days. So, when you think of you know football, when you think of football and you, you, you know the buildup for football, you think of predictions. You think of you know you, you know who's going to win what, who's going to win what game, schedules, and you know predicting records and predicting who's going to be player of the year and all this stuff. The best part of that <clears throat> buildup is media days. Media days is one of those things where the media gathers around, they gather around whatever conference, you know, they're hosting in. It's uh, whether it's, you know, for the Big 12, they go to Dallas, whether, you know, usually the SEC goes to Birmingham. This year it's in Nashville, but uh, they go to Birmingham and SEC usually and, you know, gather around and ask all these coaches for each con for each team in that conference questions about what to expect for that team. And then the coaches provide updates on ahead of the season and give a preview for that team, for their team, for their season. So that's what Media Days is all about. It's one of the 
best times during the summer and, you know, during the late, going into late summer at the start of fall to go, you know, for football season. Training camp for both college and NFL is in a couple of weeks. And it really is. It's just one of the best times, I guess, and about one of the best things for football fans. And it's something to look forward to because, you know, in a few weeks, a couple of weeks, football will be back. We'll have NFL football and preseason action in a couple of weeks. So uh, in, in college, we'll be back in session soon. Uh, we'll have training camp for college teams. We'll have training camp for NFL. So uh, more on the NFL Thursday, but for college, it is a best it's a good time to have media days it's just, it's just a, a wonderful build-up right just to get ready for the season so we're going to kick it off and we're going to just recap uh some conferences and some teams from those conferences and some takeaways that i have gotten from from each prospective team from those media days so let's start off with the big 12 that was last week let's kick it off with a few teams from the big 12 we're going to dive deep into oklahoma football right now and some takeaways that i got from oklahoma and when brent venables took the stage so uh, a key takeaway that I got from Oklahoma is everyone in Oklahoma is still sold on Brent Venable's plan to bring Oklahoma back to the promised land. Now it was been it's been a tough shift. A couple of you know a year and a half, two years ago, you know Christmas of 2021, when Lincoln Riley up and left Norman for USC. Everyone thought Lincoln Riley was going to take the LSU job when LSU was opening up after letting go Ed Orgeron. They thought Lincoln Riley and his staff were going to go to Baton Rouge and create an offensive frenzy down there, right? Keyword frenzy. No pun intended. But, you know, they were you know creating something special down there. Brent Venables uh, ended up, you know, leaving Clemson because he was their defensive coordinator at the time to join Oklahoma and go back to where he was, you know, the D.C. there and became the head coach. And he went back home. He really did. He went back home to become the head coach at Oklahoma. Now, uh, my thing is a lot of people are thinking to themselves, you know, it is not the it's not the right fit. Look what happened last year. They went five and seven uh, or, you know, sorry, six and seven. And, you know, loss to Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's not Oklahoma football. It's not, okay? <laughs> your, your reasons are valid. It's not Oklahoma football. But when you think about, you know, what Oklahoma football is, you think about uh, playoffs, you think about conference titles, you think about, you know, winning. You think about Barry Switzer, you think about uh, Wishbone, you think about Bob Stoops, national titles, Lincoln Riley, you think about a lot of, a lot, you know, you think about a lot of winning in Norman, Oklahoma. You think about Oklahoma Sooner football. You think about, you know, pageantry, tradition. That's what you think about when you think about Oklahoma football, right? Brett Venables, and I believe this, this is my takeaway from this, from the way he talked and the way he sounded to the media at Media Days, Oklahoma is still on the right track. They're rebuilding. Let me go on and say this. Oklahoma just went through some big turnover. I don't know about you guys, but that's some big turnover. And it's some turnover that's going to take a couple of years to get used to. Now, it's not going to be any easier because this is, the, this is their last season in the Big 12 before they make the jump to the SEC, right? So it's going to be a little trouble. However, it's going to be tough, but if anyone can do it, I think Oklahoma can fight for it and do it. It's Oklahoma. They are, 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 listen, 
compared to Lincoln Riley moving to USC? Are they historically traditional and are they more, you know, in facilities and more, you know, I guess legacy field than USC? Probably not. USC's got California. They got the best facilities, uh, you know, flip-flops, short sleeve shirts all year round. Uh, it's West Coast football and a lighter schedule too. And no offense, the, the anything going on in the Pac-12, but it is a lighter, it is a slightly lighter schedule. But USC is still a great football school, great football team, but they are slightly more up there than Oklahoma is in championships and winning and just, you know, a lot of, you know, the rich, the rich in history and pageantry that presents itself compared to Oklahoma. But, <laughs> key word, but Oklahoma's up there too. And I think, you know, recruits are going to look at Oklahoma and think, okay, it's still Oklahoma. There's still going to be a solid football program and a solid football team under Brent Venables. And then Oklahoma will build back up, you know, to what they once were under a Bob Stoops or under a Lincoln Riley, you know, before he left for USC, USC, right? So, Brent Venables, I still believe in his plan. It's one year. Give it time. It's year two. Uh, are they, they are projected, I think, preseason number three in the Big 12 to finish third in the Big 12 uh, behind Kansas State and Texas. And I still believe in his plan, though. I still believe in his plan that they are going to win more games this season. I honestly think they will win more games. They got a solid quarterback in uh, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, it is his final season in before they officially name probably freshman prodigy Jackson Arnold as their new starting quarterback heading into the SEC next season. I think it's going to be one of those moves that is, you know, most likely. And it's a good thing because Jackson Arnold is a solid quarterback. He's just waiting in the wings under a Dylan Gabriel for this season. They got Drake Stoops. Uh, they got a good receiving core. Uh, their defense is a lot more rebuild than it was last season. I liked how they looked in the spring game. I get the, you got to clean some stuff up a little bit with coverages and, uh, you know, some, you know, some protection up the middle, but at the same time, I think Oklahoma will get that cleaned up. I think Oklahoma is going to be much more improved than last season. So watch out for Oklahoma this year. I'm still sold on Brent Venables. I don't know about you guys. You can comment down below or comment on, you know, list, you know, message me on any social media platform out there, but I do believe that Oklahoma is going to be much more improved. Moving on, to their counterpart, their rivalry, who will join, who will also join them in the SEC next season, and that's Texas. Uh, Texas preseason number one in the Big 12. They're projected to win the Big 12 and potentially clinch a playoff spot in the college football playoffs. Uh, what I took away from this is one thing, and that is Quinn Ewers being the guy for Texas at quarterback. Steve Sarkeesian believes that Quinn Ewers is, you know, a much more mature, you know, he's in, in, in a much more mature quarterback and a much more mature player in general on and off the field. He said he's even seen a level of change in that area. So, which is good. He's seen it for himself. He believes that Quinn Ewers is the guy and he has what it takes to be the most successful quarterback, you know, in Texas, right? Potentially in the history of Texas. Now, Quinn Ewers had a good start last season before he got hurt in the Alabama game. Now, he came back, he came back, and he put up the numbers. And the numbers that he put up when he came back was unbelievable. 
I mean, he put up some solid numbers quickly after he came back from that shoulder injury and won him some games. Now, think about what Quinn Ewers can do when he is not hurt and he doesn't have a shoulder injury. He's playing all games, no, you know, full length, full season. What can he do? I projected, and I said this a couple of weeks, I said this I said this on the July 4th episode of Pigskin Frenzy that he could potentially win the Heisman Trophy this year because of what he can do and because of the key games that they got this season. Uh, If they beat Alabama, and that is the key thing, that is the key question, that is the key takeaway from a media day, uh, can Sarkeesian and a former Alabama OC, can he beat his old team? Can he go back to Bryant-Denny and, you know, try to finish what they could not do last season which they came close last season, but can they beat Alabama and Nick Saban in week two and upset them? If they do, the sky's the limit. Confidence is going to be at an all-time high. You can start talking about playoff bursts. You can start talking about, you know, what Texas is going to, you know, what's going to bring to the table for the rest of the season if they beat Alabama. A lot hinges on week two. A lot hinges on Saturday, September 9th in Bryant-Denny Stadium. That is going to be a key matchup. And that's going to say a lot about who Texas is as a football team. Is Quinn Ewers the guy? That's a game right there that we're going to find out if he is the actual guy. And we're going to find out if Texas is for real, right? So, uh, and I believe, I'm on the Quinn Ewers hype train. I think he's, he's a brilliant quarterback. He's smart. He's got a cannon for an arm. We just got to see if he stays healthy, what he can do, and Again, if they can beat Alabama next year, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not, you know, so, you know, for sure on this, that Arch Manning will start next season and Quinn Ewers will leave for the NFL draft. I believe that Arch Manning will be the new guy heading into next year when Texas makes that jump to the SEC along with Oklahoma. So we're going to see what Texas does this year, but that's that's a key takeaway that I, I've gotten from what Steve Sarkeesian said at Media days for the Big 12. And finally, on the Big 12, the last thing we're going to talk about is Kansas State. Uh, they were picked preseason number two in the Big 12 behind Texas. To, and, they, and I projected them number two to play them in the Big 12 championship game in my projection conference standing series. Uh, some key takeaways that I got from Chris Kleiman and what he sounded like and the confidence that he brought when he was talking to the media, they're not going to go away. They're not going to, they're a team that's not going to go away and they're not going to go away easy. I think that Kansas state is a team that when we look at them, uh, they got all the tools. Yes, they lost Deuce Vaughn, but they have, they have, uh, they have Will Howard to replace a lot of what Deuce Vaughn can do. Uh, they ran a lot of options. Will Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn, I think Will Howard could pick up a little bit, you know, of the, the pieces that are left. I think Will Howard can pick up a lot, and what I mean a lot of pieces in, in the throwing area as well. He's a solid quarterback. He's tough. Um, last season, Adrian Martinez was a starter. He got hurt. Will Howard stepped in, and... Now the sky's the limit. Senior quarterback, Will Howard. He's one of the best and most underrated quarterbacks in the Big 12. Is he the number one, like a Quinn Ewers or a Dylan Gabriel? Probably not, right? But he's up there, I would say. He is a solid, he is a he is solid top three in the Big 12 in the Big 12. And I believe that Will Howard will, you know, 
win them a lot of games. I believe Kansas State's not going anywhere. I believe Colin Klein's offense is going to be effective to opponents this season, and I think they're going to go back to the Big 12 championship. Will they repeat? I projected that they won't repeat, but I projected that they will get there. I may be totally wrong. They may upset Texas. They may upset Oklahoma, whoever's in the Big 12 championship game, and win the conference title. I believe that Kansas State is a solid team. I believe they're not going away anytime soon, and I believe that they're going to be something to fear, especially after Texas and Oklahoma make the jump to the SEC. In the Big 12, they may, they may be one of the teams that lead the pack in the Big 12 for years to come. So uh, that's my takeaway from Kansas State. I love the confidence heading into this season. They feel like they are the they, they are the hunted, and I, I and I believe that in a little in in some ways they are. I believe them and Texas are the hunted, and I believe that you know a lot of people are going to be vying for them. So. Uh, Kansas State, solid team. They're not going away. I like their confidence, and that's the key takeaway that I got from Chris Kleiman and Kansas State. Moving on from the Big 12 to another conference, SEC Media Days, the big media days, right, for SEC started yesterday, Monday through Thursday in Nashville for the first time, and usually it's in Birmingham, but key hint, hint, trivia question uh, for Instagram, but uh, let's start off with the SEC. Let's start off with yesterday's, and it's a, it's a blend of yesterday's and today's. And we're going to start off with, obviously, LSU, what LSU did yesterday. Uh, Josh Williams, their running back, was there. Quarterback Jaden Daniels was there. Uh, defensive lineman Mecky Wingo was also there. And, obviously, LSU head coach Brian Kelly was there, and he spoke to the media. Um, some key takeaways that I got from Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly said that they are ahead on where they are. Yes, he feels like they can contend. However, they might not be ready just yet. He feels that it may take maybe one more year to get everything in place before they can make a solid run at a national championship. And I believe that one day LSU probably will become national champions once again under Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly will get his first national championship. It's bound to happen. He's one of the most winningest coaches in college football. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, but he's also one of the most winningest coaches in college football. What he has done in year one at LSU is probably one of the most impressive runs I've seen not only in LSU history, but in quite a in quite a while, you know, last season. I mean, it was an unbelievable ten and four. You lost Florida State. You think everything is all gone, all hopes gone. Lost by a uh, you know a miss PAT, a miss PAT. They were going to tie the game, and they missed a PAT against Florida State. Drama for September third, right there. That's the big storyline building up to there. But now. You know, you're thinking, okay, backs are against the wall. You know, we're just gonna go out and play. Had a couple of good, had a, had a few nice wins going in, going in red hot against Tennessee. Got blown out by Tennessee at home. Tennessee was white hot. Tennessee moved on and beat Alabama the next week after beating LSU. LSU's thinking, okay, backs against the wall, but we're not down and out. They go to Florida, beat Florida. They have a nice run. They beat Ole Miss, had a bye week, turn around, beat Alabama in overtime. Then they ended up winning the rest of their games. They lost to A&M. They lost. They, they win the West, actually, against Arkansas. They beat Arkansas in a close one. Bama beats Ole Miss to help LSU secure the West. They win the West. 10-4, first year under Brian Kelly, win the West. They lost to A&M. They lost to Georgia by 20 points, but they gave Georgia a run for their money. 
Georgia's defense, uh, the most yards they that, that, that Georgia's defense were put up on, you know, and LSU did it. LSU did it in Atlanta. Georgia went on to win the national championship, but LSU put up more yards against them all. I mean, against their defense than any other team they did that season. That's telling everybody something. LSU and Brian Kelly are for real, and they can they're they're gonna they're, they can contend. A lot of people are picking them preseason number one uh, for for to win the West to battle Georgia again. I also picked LSU to win the West this year, uh, but. LSU is looking mighty impressive, uh, especially when they got two good players. One player, an offensive player of the year candidate in Jaden Daniels, uh, potentially one of the best, if not the best quarterback coming back for the conference. And they got the, the best, arguably the best defensive player in the SEC and in college football with Harold Perkins. And I think that LSU is going to look solid. Uh, I expect them to look solid, but let's see what they do. They it, it may be one of those things where they lose a couple of games that you didn't expect them to lose. Trap games, I would say say Auburn. I would say watch out for Ole Miss, Arkansas. I would definitely watch out for A&M. And we're going to get to A&M in a minute, but I would watch out for those games also. Brian Kelly said they're they're not there yet, but they feel like they can maybe they may could contend. Jaden Daniels ranked number one in a lot of polls, right? He says that he's ready to be a better teammate, one, but he's already he's already been approved himself to be a good teammate. But he says he's ready to be a better and more efficient teammate, better leader, as well as ready to take more open shots and become a better passer. That is a big thing about, you know, Jaden Daniels in LSU. Uh, last season, he ran the ball a lot, and he was an effective runner. He made some good throws and short passes, but... He needs to open up a, a wide variety of throws. And I said that in the during the spring. I said that back in uh, April. I said that we need, you know, he needs to open up his arsenal a little bit more with a deep ball. And we saw a little bit of it in the spring. He can launch a football and he can have, you know, good, accurate throws. He's, he's a good decision maker also. He's a smart quarterback. He's got the potential to, you know, make those throws but he's just got to have more confidence than in more you know in his ability to make those throws, and I think that he's progressing in that. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to surprise a little bit of a little bit of people from what I've seen in the spring and from what I've been hearing. It seems like he's going to you know surprise a lot of people with his arm and become a more efficient passer in the game this season. So LSU uh, looking to contend and looking to you know become a contender and be a, a consistent contender uh, in the next you know few years. They say Al Brian Kelly said Alabama and Georgia is the standard and he he wants to become you know a part of that standard as well. So we're gonna see where LSU goes from here. LSU ranked number one in a lot of polls uh, mixed up half and half with Alabama of course. So moving on Texas AM yesterday uh uh, from a downhill, down you know, down year last year, they were ranked preseason number six, uh, top ten. They go from that to going four and I'm sorry, they went from I think four and eight, five, four and eight, five and seven. I think it was four, it was five and seven. But uh, you know, they had a five and seven year, not a good, you know, not not a year that they were expecting, right up in College Station. However, Jimbo was confident that the offense will turn around. He hired a uh, former Arkansas head coach and former 
uh, Missouri State head coach Bobby Petrino to be their offensive coordinator and to open up a lot more and expand a lot more on the offense. Jimbo Fisher says from last season that there, quote unquote, there is no added pressure. Quote says that we live under pressure every day. And he says that his relationship with Bobby Petrino was good and the offense will be a lot better under him. So my question is, how is there not not added you know, added more pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure on Texas A&M to improve. Uh, from last season, everyone is calling as a fan for Texas A&M, and everyone in college football are saying, okay, we're calling it right now. We need to see improvement for Texas A&M, uh, or it could get ugly. 2023 is the season for Texas A&M where it could be crash or burn, and if... And if, you know, like it was like a, a crash and burn or they excel. That's, that's the, that is the season right now for Texas A&M. And that is the mindset right now. If they, they, they're either going to crash and burn or they're going to go up, right? They're going to improve and go up from where they were last season. So I'm not saying they're going to crash and burn. I'm not saying they're going to go up. But what I'm saying is we need to see improvement and we need to see what they can do on offense. Those are my key takeaways. I think there is a ton of pressure on Texas A&M. I think uh, their backs are against the wall a little bit, and we got to see what they do, especially on offense. That receiving core is probably one, if not the best in the SEC, I'm going to admit. Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, and Anaya Smith, the six-year super senior. Anaya Smith, they're all on offense. They got options. You got three good receivers there. You're either going to have Connor, uh, you're going to have most likely Connor Wingman, throw them the ball and I would like to see them more open and spread out into the new modern type of offense so we're going to see what Texas A&M does that's my takeaway from them uh, moving on to Georgia the defending national back-to-back national champions Georgia uh, defensive back and this is you know speaking of Texas A&M Texas A&M transfer defensive back Smoke Bowie, who was a part of Georgia last season, is no longer with the team. Uh, that was news coming out from Kirby Smart uh, heading into media days today. Um, Brock Bowers, the star tight end and you know potential offensive player of the year for the SEC coming into this season. Uh, Brock Bowers says he has developed more as a leader on the team, and he feels like you know you know this offense is going to be you know, a lot more crisp under, you know, either Brock Vandergriff or Carson Beck, most likely Carson Beck uh, under center. And, you know, it's going to be expanded. And he feels like, you know, Georgia is still, you know, the standard right now. So good for Brock Bowers, confident. And, you know, Brock Bowers, obviously a potential top five, I'll say top five pick in the NFL draft for 2024 or top 10 pick in 2024 on my list. I think Brock Bowers is, is the best tight end in college football. Kirby Smart, so the new mindset is better never rest in quest for a three-peat going into this season. Better never rest. And uh, which means, you know, better never rest, right? Whoever is, you know, I'm better never rest. So, He's is he he has adapted this mindset. Okay, Georgia is where everyone wants to be. That's the standard bearer. That's where you know college football. You know the landscape is. They're all pointing towards them. They're the hunted back to back national champions, and the is better never rest. That's that's the whole mindset. That is his mindset mentality of trying to bring 
a third straight championship that has not been done in years uh, uh, to Athens, Georgia. So Georgia is still confident. Uh, he talked. He talked a little bit about the culture. He says we want the culture to be, you know, better and a good environment for players to come. Uh, uh, amid all the off-season arrests and all the off-season and off-the-field issues for Georgia. He says he wants to change the culture, and he wants the culture to be a much better culture and a stern culture of winning and excelling in the classroom, right? That's what everybody wants, you know, for a good, solid program. So Georgia uh, better never rest. That's their quest for a three-peat, and uh they are still the standard bearer, right? And he and Kirby Smart was preaching that. That's his mind. That's his mentality, and that's the culture that he wants to bring. That you know, in quest for three people, wants to bring a culture that they're there to stay on top, and they're not going anywhere. So that's my key takeaways from Georgia. My key takeaways, uh, last but not least, before we you know conclude today's episode here at SEC Media Days, Auburn. And I wanted to talk about Auburn for a little bit. Hugh Freeze is back. He says it's great to be back. And he's learned from his mistakes, right? Uh, He says, and this is a good quote, by the way, uh, says that Jesus is the only one who can handle his junk. And amen to that, guys. Amen. Jesus is the one who can handle your junk. So um, he wanted he was mainly preaching about all the uh stuff that happened at Ole Miss prior to him, you know, the scandal investigation that happened at Ole Miss prior to him, you know, leaving, right? Before he, you know, went to Liberty and coached them. He says it's good for him to be back, you know, in the SEC media days and it's good to be him for him to be back in the SEC. He thinks it's gonna, you know, he's learned from his mistakes and he's gonna do a lot better as a head coach and as a man, which is good, right? It is a good thing you want to hear. Hugh Freeze as a coach, it's phenomenal. He recruits well, uh, and he is an he is an offensive mastermind. I am curious to see what he does at Auburn. I think it is a solid hire. I really do. I think Hugh Freeze should I've said this years ago that Auburn should have hired Hugh Freeze, and now he's finally there. I am very curious to see what they do. Are they an unknown? Absolutely. But it's a good unknown. You're excited to see what Auburn is gonna do. Auburn may be a rebuilding team this year, but Next year and the years beyond, you're going to have to, when you have Auburn on your schedule, you're going to look at them and be like, oh, we're going to have to come to play Auburn. We're going to have to come to play Auburn. He defines the new culture at Auburn as faith, attitude, mental toughness, integrity, and love. Part of that culture is going to bring in recruits. They have a brand new facility and football facilities in that program. Brand new culture, brand new head coach is exciting. Transfers are coming in. New recruits and new five star recruits are coming in Auburn. Everyone's going to want to play for Auburn, and Auburn is going to be a team in the future to watch out for. Right? Optim- he is optimistic about the quarterback battle between uh, incumbent starter Robbie Ashford and Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne. Right? So, I wholeheartedly believe that this is going to be one of the closest quarterback battles for the Southeastern Conference in the West and in the Southeastern Conference. Keep an eye on this one. I am very intrigued. On I don't know who could start. And guess what? You can win with Robbie Ashford and you can win with Peyton Thorne. So, I'm very curious to see, you know, how this you know, quarterback battle between, you know, Ashford and Thorne turns out. So last but not least, Alabama is the gold standard that Auburn wants to be. That is pretty much every team in the SEC, but Alabama 
is the gold standard that Auburn wants to achieve, and that is what Hugh Freeze wants to get Auburn to. Auburn want, He wants Auburn to get to be a gold standard of the, the conference and in college football, and he wants to bring winning a winning culture and mindset to the Plains. So that's my recap of everything going on with the Big 12 and the SEC in media days and some of the teams and highlights you know, that I took away, and those are my key takeaways from, you know, media days, right? And uh, just a few things that I would like to say from uh, Big 12 media days. Uh, one, Oklahoma's not going away. Two, neither is Texas. I think that's going to be, you know, an interesting battle going out there, and neither is Kansas State. So I would like to just sit there and say not going away anytime soon for any of those three teams. Uh, I would like to say uh, LSU, uh, team to watch out for this season, Georgia, still the standard bearer. Alabama will come up tomorrow. That's still the standard bearer. bearer. Auburn, uh, only one way to go for them is up, and they're on the rise. A&M got something to prove, and that is my take on A&M. They have something to prove, and they have to prove it and start improving this season, right? There is some pressure. As much as Jimbo Fisher does not want to say, you know, there is, and he wants to block it out, I get it. But there is pressure to win and start, you know, changing changing everything around in College Station. So uh, we'll have Big 12, uh, more, we'll have more Big 10 coverage for Media Days next week and ACC coverage as that all kicks off next week. And we'll talk a little bit more about some SEC Media Days next Tuesday. So that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back and watch and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Uh, Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Uh, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy on the search engine. You'll find it. Follow along like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is t- type in pigskin frenzy. Follow along like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Uh, and Instagram, at Pigskin Frenzy. Follow the page there. You'll get episode updates, trivia questions. Uh, there's there's stuff about me if you want to get to know you know get to know who I am as a podcast host, and you'll get everything and all things up to date with Pigskin Frenzy. Again, big thank you for taking some time for watching and listening. Uh, Thursday NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy happening. You know a lot going on in the league. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll provide in, all the updates on the states of the running backs in the NFL and some updates on wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. So tune in Thursday. Uh, again, I'm Joel Norris signing off. And for everybody out there, stay the course. <laughs>